welcome to the Intersection Magazine podcast. In this episode, we'll be discussing Egypt's technology and innovation ecosystem, as well as the relationship between that ecosystem and the Global Entrepreneurship Index. The bulk of my thoughts are out of a publication I put out about a year ago where I discussed where um, the ecosystem in Egypt was, some of the main points that I think were making them unique, uh, funding, the structure, and other issues of that nature. But also a discussion about the Global Entrepreneurship Index. And these are thoughts that were put together by a few scholars um, that came out of Egypt in collaboration with a couple of universities. And I think their thoughts are, are worth explaining. So it's going to be a probably in two parts. First part is where I discuss the ecosystems in Africa in general. And then we'll talk about the, the studies that was done and the work of the, around the Global Entrepreneurship Index and where Egypt stands. Then we'll talk about some of the areas that I think stand out in Egypt. And then I'll discuss uh, a report by Digest Africa. So I hope you like what we put together. Thank you. Now, most of the discussions around technology and innovation in Africa are really around about four countries. The countries are called the big four. You have South Africa, Nigeria, Kenya, and Egypt. Now, in my study, I also naturally talk about Uganda because that's the country where I reside. But I also was able to talk about Rwanda, having visited Rwanda, I think it was January of 2022, after an invitation from a civil engineer friend of mine who lives in Kigali. Um, when you look at what's going on in those countries, for example, Rwanda was different because I visited uh, uh, I visited Norksen, which is arguably the largest uh, hub in the, in Africa. And what I found interesting there was, I think Rwanda was targeting the space and and the technologies and the infrastructure that was going to take that was taking place in at Norksen as a way of, in a sense, developing and attracting talent by having a big force. You know, maybe instead of starting off and having your little hubs and your little incubators and your accelerators, what Rwanda had done was to attract a big player and then using that big player to attract attention. So whereas others were saying, let's develop the ecosystem by creating hubs, let's develop the ecosystem by having accelerators, let's develop the ecosystem by bringing together people in education, government, people into the law, non-governmental organizations. What Rwanda is doing with Norksen is collaborating with a very big player and using the size and the influence of that very big player to attract talent create a space and use that space to generate and to create a statement. 
Now, Uganda is interesting because we've been in this game for maybe about 15 years. You have players like Outbox Hub and Richard Zulu, who's the, who's the founder there. You have Innovation Village with C.K. Japheth, who's the founder there, a lead there. You have Design Village, which is now Circular Hub, Circular Design Hub. And each of these has had a distinct place or role to play in the technology ecosystem in Uganda. Outbox Hub has very specific goals that it, that it goes after, it pursues. It is a space that is located not too far from the city center. What you can do there is you walk in and there's a table or desk that you can purchase for a day or for a month or for a year or whatever you're looking for. You can get incubation services, uh, acceleration services. You could get help if you want to create your business or you want to build your business or you want to scale your business. Or you can come in if you're an NGO or a company that just needs to beef up your innovation angle. They can provide expertise in helping you create competitions that will create innovations that you can use in your company. Then you have, I haven't spoken about them, but you have also Hive Collab, which is located in a place called Kamocha, which is about maybe 20 minutes from the city center. Um, Kamocha is, the place is famous for technology companies and startups. Really just places where you can get your computer fixed. Is it a Dell? Is it, a, is it you need help Microsoft? You need Cisco? There's, that place is very famous for that. And what Hive Collab is, was it was established by a group, that, a group of entrepreneurs that came from all over the world. And what they, had, what they do also is they had, the thing that stood out about them is they have themes. They have the health theme, they have uh, uh, financial or fintech theme, the agricultural theme. So they used to have theme days where they'd focus on certain ideas and generate conversations around creation and innovation and collaboration around those central ideas. Now, recently they've expanded and they've created a, a business incubator that's, that's growing very fast. And so you have a certain area in which they, they specialize. Then when you come to Innovation Village, Innovation Village is a little different because they have... Uh, a maker space that's called Motive. It's located in Bokoto, about maybe 15 minutes from the city center, maybe a little 10 minutes from the city center. And what they do is at Motive, you pretty much, if you're a builder, if you're a small business that you need, you need a space where you can sell your products, they have that facility. Then they also have a facility in Tinda. And Tinda is a small suburb where that's developing very fast. But when, what happens at Innovation Village is you can get pretty much all the services that you need as a startup. They have an incubation space, they have a co-working space, they have accelerators. They also have um, a VC space. I think it's called Kane, uh, Kampala Angels, Angel Investor Network. This is a first because you don't find too many um, angel investors or VC, VC spaces in the country. 
and then specific in one location. Then there are others. There's Tech, there's Tech Buzz Hub, which is located not too far from Innovation Village. And I've done an episode with Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Tresije, who's the founder there. And I've discussed what he does there. So you have various hubs, various technology innovation centers with different things that they're focusing on. So that's Uganda. Then South Africa was a little bit different because what I found with South Africa when we talked about South Africa in a separate publication, what I found is that they had interesting collaborations with with education or with universities, which means that they were looking or they were looking pretty similar to the model that you have in Silicon Valley. The other thing I found interesting about South Africa when I did a bit of research about South Africa was that the the spaces had a regional sense around them that if you were in Cape Town, you knew you were in Cape Town. If you were in Joburg, you kind of had the sense change in, in Joburg and the creation and the innovation and everything that was going on around the area was really had a strong regional sense. So they were, in a sense, trying to capture... Uh, the the zeitgeist of of the regions in which they were existing, which I think is unique. Kenya stood out because uh, as I was studying Kenya, I found a, a, a someone had tweeted about the experience in Kenya. And they said the environment was very very friendly. Now, apart from the work that they have done with uh, in with uh, with the telecoms and with mobile money and M-Pesa, I think what stood out with Kenya was the idea that the people there were very, very friendly and very welcoming, that the, you needed to have a kind of uh, something unique about your space that was attractive to foreigners, to people that, have, that were thinking about investing or just were looking for ideas. And so that stood out to me. Nigeria, on the other hand, in, in my view, took advantage of size. Their population, about 200 million plus, um, and then what I also noticed about Nigeria was was they focused a lot on fintech. Um, the population is, depending on where you are in Nigeria, is very educated, but also there were plenty of gaps in 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 uh, fi- financials or in banking that were being catered for by those groups that were creating around finance. So we wanted to find out how you can make your space unique, what makes each of these spaces unique, each of these countries unique in terms of their infrastructure, what they're lacking, what what they can build on. Um, But we needed, of course, to have a bigger picture to see what the structure was like for the other four countries around, uh, or the other four countries that we call the big four. And of course, we added Rwanda and Uganda just for reference. So that's really... um, a summary of what you have in terms of the ideas that we've been working with, all based on the model that Silicon Valley uses or that has set up for a basic startup and for a good startup environment. So the bulk of my ideas or the ideas that we'll be sharing are from Disrupt Africa reports 2019, 2020, 2021, as well as information from the Global Entrepreneurship Index on the work of about five people, 
from Muhammad Abu Hassan, Moaz Kabil, Rahaf Alayan, Robert Magda, and Levant David. So what we have as well as uh, another thing that I'll be sharing is from Menabytes.com, which is a site that focuses on the Middle East and Northern Africa, which has some very inf interesting ecosystem information. For example, they summarize the accelerators and incubators, give us Flat Labs, AUC Venture Labs, Take Space, Falakh, Adv Adventures. Then they also talked about the local VC and angel groups, government supports and nonprofits, co-working spaces, regional and international venture capitalists, events, meetups, and boot camps, and then startup media and insights. So I found that very valuable because they, they were able to cluster all the information that exists in the Egyptian ecosystem into those key areas. And they identified who the most important players are in that space. Now, when you talk about the Global Entrepreneurship Index, there are about, I'd say, about 12 pillars, and I'll try to read them through them and then, of course, explain them as well. There's opportunity perception, which is described as the potential opportunity perception of a population by considering the state of property rights and the regulatory burden that could limit the real exploitation of recognized entrepreneurial opportunity. Then there are startup skills, which is launching a successful venture requires the potential entrepreneur to have necessary startup skills. Skill perception measures the percentage of the population who believes they have adequate startup skills. Most people in developing countries think they have the skills they need to start a business, but their skills are usually acquired through workplace trial and error in relatively simple business activities. Then risk acceptance talks about the fear of failure as one of the most or the greatest obstacles for startups. Then networking or, or access to networks which talks about the entrepreneur's personal knowledge and his ability to connect with others. Then there's cultural support, which talks about the country's inhabitants and the view of the entrepreneurs in terms of status and career choice. Is it something that you go in because you have nothing else you can do? Or is there respect for entrepreneurship activity? Opportunity Startup talks about a measure of startups by people who are motivated by the opportunity to face red tape and tax payment. Does the country you live in have a setup or an environment that's friendly for entrepreneurs? And then Technology Absorption talks about what role does ICT play in your startup? Do you have the skills and the necessary technology in your country? Do you have internet, uh, fast internet, you have working spaces where you can uh, embrace your call as an entrepreneur. Then human capital, then there's competition, then there's product innovation, process innovation, high growth internationalization, and risk capital. Now, 
The report was based on the years 20 or 2006 to 2017. And if you look at the graph of productivity, you'll notice that there was a bit of a halt in Egypt around 2011. This was around the time of the uprising of the Arab Spring. And so there was a bit of a gap in terms of productivity for that particular area. Now for the ecosystem, the report reveals that the aspiration pillars play a promising role in the Egyptian ecosystem, especially process innovation, which talks about new technology and the average number of science institutions and the availability of scientists and engineers. Then risk capital also plays an important role um, where we're talking about the investment environment and capital markets. Also, the other thing that plays an important role is the entrepreneurial abilities um, and, the, and then opportunity startup, opportunities for motivation, governance and taxation, as well as comp competition. Now, when you talk about the pillars that we've mentioned, the pillars are, are further split into what they call sub-indexes. And for, for the what they call the attitude sub-index includes opportunity perception, startup skills, risk acceptance, networking, and cultural support. Now, for the ability sub-index, you have opportunity startup, technology absorption, human capital, and competition. And then for the aspiration sub-index, you have product innovation, process innovation, high growth, internationalization, and then risk capital. So each of these are important aspects of the pillars themselves and then the sub-indexes and how they affect the technology, innovation, entrepreneurship capabilities of a country. And I found this report very interesting because it highlighted some of the areas in which Egypt could improve or put more attention. It talked about the effects of uh, governance. It talked about taxation, which is why it is also very good that there's a there's a main um, the Minabytes site has a summary that gives you what the main parts of the ecosystem are, and where who the main players of that ecosystem are. Now let's talk about the ecosystem in Egypt and who is who and what the numbers are, and and what were the findings of the report as created by Digest Africa. Now, as of 2021, there were 562 technology startups. That's as of September 2021. 19.8% of all the active tech startups in Africa were in Egypt. Over the last five years, Egypt has grown the number of startups, but it's also attracting attention in its ability to deliver unicorns. For unicorns, we're talking about Fauri and Swivel. Since January of 2015, $791 million was raised by 318 technology startups across 447 rounds. 
of funding rounds. In 2015, only 10 startups started, adding 115 per year since 2015. $8.6 million was raised in 2015, which went up to $156 million in 2020. In 2021, 82 startups had secured funding of around $400 million in investment funds. E-commerce and retail tech accounting for about 20.8% of the 562 active startups. Egypt was ranking around globally around 29th, while Nigeria was ranking around 46. Among the countries that benefited from global founding rounds um, in a year in which uh, 2021, about $1.2 billion was raised. 562 technology startups employ about 13,000 people. 40,000 Egyptian technology startups have undergone some kind of incubation or acceleration which is important to understand why Egypt is where Egypt is, is because there's a structure that ensures that the small businesses are incubated and the businesses that have enough size are accelerated. At least 318 Egyptian startups have raised about $800 million since 2015. So that's from $156 million to uh, in 156 million in 2020 from 100 and from 8.6 in 2015 that's about 107 1700% rise in funding amount of money raised in funding 80 egyptian startups have secured more than 400 million between them this year that's in 2021 egypt is described as probably the fourth largest startup ecosystem on the continent of Africa. And as we said before, that's about 19.8 of the active tech startups in the country or rather in the continent. Let's name a few of those. You've got Aquamap, Bashersoft, both of those are in Cairo, Bosta in Cairo, D-Squares in Cairo, Edafly in Cairo, Elemenus in Cairo, Elvis, Fauri, Forasana, Goodsmart, Hawaii, Mum, Halan, Homesmart, Istabag, Lynx, that's in Alexandria, Robusta in Cairo, Swivel in Cairo, Synapse Analytics in Cairo, Vezeta in Cairo, Wazof in Cairo, and Yoata in Cairo. So you could see that there's a bit of a, of a, of a greater attention that's paid to the capital city. So you there is potential for growth in other cities as well. 93.6 of all Egyptian tech startups are in Cairo. 3.6 are based in other places, Asiyot, Kwana, Mansura, Minya, Hargada, Fayum, Obur, Ismailia, Demetia, and Tanta. Pre-revolution growth and what was great and then there was a bit of a slowdown and then there was a peak in 2018 2019 there's been a bit of a drop because of covid 
but there's going to be a spike or there was expected to be a spike after that period. Um, E-commerce and retail make about 20%. Fintech, 11.6%. Mobile health, 4.4%. Edtech, 7.5%. Recruitment, 3.3%. Logistics, 5.5%. Artificial intelligence and the Internet of Things, 5.3%. Marketing, 3%. Transport, 2.8%. Entertainment, 2.3%. Travel, 2.1%. Agricultural tech, 7.4%. And other sectors, about 17.3%. For Egypt, e-commerce is king. A fifth of the country's tech startups are active in the e-commerce space. Fintech comes a distant second. I think in Nigeria, fintech is number one. As we said before, their Egypt startups are the most accelerated on the continent. Um, Flat Labs, Anthar, AUC, VLab, Falak startups, Y Combinator. So there's a combination of local VCs and local angel invest- investors and then international ones as well. Then you have about 12.5 or about 70 startups in Egypt are founded or co-founded by women, so there's room for growth there. Haya Reida and Entrepreneur are trying to address that issue. The average number of employees is about 23 for each of those startups. E-commerce is the highest employer with about 202, or rather 2,718 jobs, which is about 21%. Fintech has about 2,037 employees. EdTech has about 1,572 employees. Then you have a split between Swivel, Nagua, Bosta, Vezita and Kazna as the top employers. These are all startups that are employing Egyptians. In terms of personnel, you have from people that have about one founder, you have 63 startups. Between two founders and 10 people, you have about 165 startups. Between 11 people and 50 people, you have about 133 startups. Between 51 and 200 people, you have about 27 startups. Between 201 and 500 individuals working for those startups, you have about 11. Between those employing over 500 employees and more, is about two startups. And so you can see that the numbers grow smaller as as the number of employees grows larger. The number of funded Egyptian startups this year has gone up by about a thousand percent. The total annual funding for Egypt by 2021 was was up by about 1,700 percent. 44 percent of all Egyptian startups were e-commerce ventures. Startups in the e-commerce sectors were less accelerated or incubated generally. Only 34 startups or 21% benefited from incubation or acceleration services. And this is the, these are the results of a report by Disrupt Africa, which I think you should have a look at or follow and probably support. So you can see the numbers are quite impressive. We see room for growth outside of Cairo. We see potential for 
both in terms of women, women-funded startups or women-run startups or co-founded startups. We also see that there's been quite a lot of employment around uh, an engagement around the startups that are uh, um, employing the greatest amount of startups are employing, I'd say, between two to ten people, which is about 165 startups. So Egypt is quite a promising area. Now, finally, I wanted to share um, a structure that is used in, um, in the description of entrepreneurs, accelerators, incubators, and investors in Egypt. And what you have is uh, what they call the idea stage. And here, uh, new entrepreneurs get inspired to learn best practices, develop skills, validate ideas, uh, build their teams and their products. And so at the heart of this, you've got the Egyptian startup media, which is centralized local information, listing, news, startup blogs, publications, lists, Facebook groups, and newsletters. Then you have inspirational startup events, which are open, inclusive startup events, often focused on ideation, maybe a startup weekend, idea fair, inspirational meetups, is what they call the Egyptian Entrepreneurship Summit in Alexandria, Rise Up Summit, which is in Cairo. Then you have uh, the education phase, which is a, a place where we talk about best practices, beginner knowledge sharing, tech events to serve and to promote and to inspire. Cairo AI Meetup, Cairo Bitcoin Meetup is an example of these events. Then you've got training and feedback or where they share skills and ideas, uh, startup bootcamps for entrepreneurs, comprehensive training programs like the Founders Institute, a general assembly, lean startup machine, code camps, etc. For example, Agile Egypt, Alexandria startup. From idea to IPO, this one is held in Alexandria. Then you have what they call the validation stage, which is where you talk about the team formation, events for finding co-founders in Egypt, technology networking events, and other resources that facilitate early stage recruitment and co-founder matching. Alexandria's startup traction and funding network that's in Alexandria, businesswomen of Egypt that's in Giza, build first product hackathons and product events such as Cairo Hackerspace in Cairo, Cairo Robotics Meetup in Cairo, and then you've got the launch stage. In this stage, entrepreneurs establish and formalize the company and develop the product and get feedback from customers and prepare for the next step. So for the start, you've got law firms and banks for startups, Alex Bank, Bank ABC. This is for establishment. Then you've got Egypt workspaces, uh, such as 3 and Elasia, co-working space in Cairo, and 302 Labs, co-working space in Cairo. And then from a start phase to development phase, where you get accounting and development of HR tools for early stage startups, Adel Saad and Company in Cairo, Axel in Giza, Egypt Incubators, where companies uh, are prepared for seed investment and provide mentorship, knowledge sharing, and later stage events and resources, such as Afri Labs, 
an AIM incubator. And then you've got the launch stage where you've got Egypt Seed Accelerators, seed funding, mentor programs, Techstars style programs that provide funding. For example, 1864 Accelerator, which is in Cairo, Change Labs, which is in Cairo. And then you've got pitch and demo events that showcase startups for investments, such as AUC Venture Lab Demo Day in Cairo, Better Pitch in Cairo. And then for the growth stage, what happens at this stage is a startup proves its utility. It receives recognition and it scales up. This usually requires funding. So this is where the angels, the venture capitalists and others come in and connect with the startups. So Egypt's investor network, uh, that's groups like Alexandria Angels and Alexandria, AUC Angels in Cairo, Major Media, Ahram and Al-Wafad. And then funding, you've got Adel Boselli, Ahmed El-Kala, Egyptian Venture Capitals for Series A and Beyond, A15, and Acelero Capital. And then you have growth stage, which is infrastructure, office space, human resources, local business insurance, capital-rich companies that help companies to grow and scale, such as AIMS, Allianz. And then for the expansion phase, you've got Acumen Consulting in Giza, BDO in Egypt, BDO Egypt. And then you've got the next phase, which is the startup success stories that I think we talked about before, but I'll, I'll name them again. Aquamap, Bashar Soft, Bostar, D-Squares, Edfa, 3 Ali, Alamanas, Elvis, Fauri, Forasna, Goodsmart, Hawaii, Mum, Halan, Homesmart, Instabag, Lix, Robusta, Swivel, Synapse Analytics, Vezeta, Wazuf, and Utah. And then they talked about, or they, in their structure, they also have supporters or Egyptian startup leaders. So for example, uh, Abdel Hamid Sahara in Cairo, Ahmed Bastawi in on Alexandria. He's very active in LinkedIn. And then government startup resources like Alexandria Business Association, Alexandria's Chamber of Commerce. And then you've got uh, talent, uh, which you're talking about major local businesses and technology universities, as well as employers that attract and retain local talent. Uh, you're talking about Ain Shams University in Cairo, Alexandria University in Alexandria, Alcatel Lucent Enterprise in Cairo, as well as Amazon.com. And that's a summary of some of the resources that exist within the, the network itself, within the startup uh, ecosystem and incubation and innovation ecosystem in, in Egypt. And uh, some of the places and the people that you can talk to if you have a information that you need and you need to set yourself up, you need your business to be incubated, accelerated, you need funding, you need uh, to employ or to be employed. Those are some of the structures that exist in Egypt. And this is what I think makes Egypt a very unique place for, for startups and for the tech ecosystem and why probably Egypt is going to overtake some of the other countries that already make up the big four.